0: Bonjour, everyone, and welcome back to Castelline, the French football podcast with the accent. Uh, my name is Jeremy Magan, the usual host, and this podcast, of course, is brought to you by Breaking the Lines. Uh, jump on the Breaking the Lines podcast to hear from, I guess, the best leagues in Europe, uh, Corta Linias, to listen to Portuguese football, Aera Gore is focusing on Italian football, of course, and also jump on the Breaking the Lines website to read the latest article from our expert, whether it's uh, an analytic of uh, Thomas Suchek at West Ham, and I guess is, is trouble recently, uh, to what's going on with Borussia Dortmund, and, and, uh, Borussia Dortmund, excuse me, and their uh, struggles in attack defi- despite getting some, some pretty strong players, whether it's Modest or Abiyemi. Uh, last um, but not least, read the article about Shakhtar's new... Uh, star up front I don't want to I don't want to kill his name uh, but Mihailo Mudrik is his name and he is definitely making some waves in Eastern Europe today in Kasselin two parts as uh, usual or I guess um, back to what is the usual we didn't do that a couple of weeks ago with Batiste Uh, two parts in part two we'll talk about the 10 games of the weekend uh, and and Marseille, Paris and Lens still being undefeated and on the other way around Strasbourg still after their first win Uh, and in part one we'll talk about Lyon and, and Lyon having their issues at the beginning of the season and you know instead of just talking about how they just don't play well I wanted to get a bit of context so i got in a friend of mine his name is uh, is samuel he is the most devoted lyon fan outside of the rhone region uh, and he lives in australia in brisbane not too far from from where i am uh, and it's great to have him and you could you you're going to see when you listen to it uh, that you can tell that there was a bit of frustration that needed to error and i'm glad that he heard it out uh, with us. So anyway, part one will be about Lyon. Part two will be about French football in general and and round nine of this uh, this season. Another six rounds and uh, and it's the international seven rounds. Sorry, and it's the international break for the World Cup. Uh, so it's uh, it's almost coming to an end already. The the first part of Ligue 1. Anyway, uh, the Ligue 1 podcast starts now. Cassez les lignes. But first, as usual, music. This is part two of the Caseline podcast as usual. Jérémy Magan, We're going to talk about match day 9. A match day 9 which saw 35 goals in Liga this weekend. It was a pretty uh, a pretty successful weekend for goal scorers uh, and five red cards. So it was a pretty successful weekend for referees as well. One, one more uh, in the in the pocket for the referees um 3 2 no 3 sorry 3 wins away uh, Clermont Rennes and Marseille uh, and Paris Saint-Germain and Lens and uh, Marseille still undefeated this season which is uh, which is a feat after um 9 games to have Three teams that are undefeated. Let's go um quickly through the through the games one by one so we can uh, talk about all uh, all twenty teams. Of course, we very very quickly touched on um, Lance Lyon in part one with with Samuel and uh, and yeah, obviously Samuel was great uh, in part one and I'm happy that he gave us so much context about what's going on in Lyon. Of course, it's not all uh, all all butterflies and uh, and prettiness right now for Olympic Lyonnais fans, but it was good to uh, to get it the way he actually. Um, happened so Lance Lyon was the last game of the weekend and Lance won one 0 with Florian Sotoka scoring on penalty at the 82nd minute uh, Lyon we finished the game with not a single shot on target they are probably their best uh, opportunity was uh, a shot deflected that ended up on a, on a crossbar uh, but Lance on the other hand who finished the, the game with 21 shots six on target uh, and i guess that shows uh, that that Lance probably deserved to have a A bigger win. Uh, But let's go and and look at the nine other games of the weekend. Uh, I guess the the first one that I want to touch on, the first one that was played on the weekend, was Marseille against Angers. Uh, Angers against Marseille, I should say, sorry, because it was in Angers, not in the south of France. And Marseille, you won 3 zeros. The goal scorer Jonathan Clos at the 35th minute and Luis Suarez at the 50th, Jason at the 59th. Those two last goals came from Jonathan Clos, who had a goal and two assists, a successful game for the international who was playing onto the left side of the defense with um, Nuno Tavares suspended so whether he's on the right or on the left clearly Jonathan Clauss is keen to have a good season in uh, 2022 2023 uh, hopefully for him he'll uh, he'll make it to the to the world cup as well uh, Marseille against Angers it was 57% possession for Marseille 15 shots seven on target, and for Angers, 16 shots and five on target. And despite uh, the, the final score, 3-0, um, it wasn't all Marseille, that game, really. Um, Angers, I think, had the better start uh, of the game, and uh, and here and there could probably have, you know, could probably have been rewarded, I guess, a, a bit better. Um, you know, Bouffal uh, and, and Bentaleb tried to push uh, and, and almost had a, have a chance to be able to to go through. But then, um, eventually, Marseille was able to make the difference. I guess, thankfully for, for them, that they are um, lethal when they want to offensively because, um, I, you know, despite the fact that they are undefeated and that they are uh, second, what I said last week, um, still stands, or two weeks ago, I should say, still stands. Um, Marseille hasn't been also dominating they're just lucky that they're scoring when it matters and so uh they sit now second on the table nice and pretty uh but it's not all um it's not all green and we see it when they play in champions league uh big game coming up big two games coming up i guess for marseille playing uh, sporting portugal twice uh this week in marseille and then the following week in portugal for um for angers they tried a few things one thing i think that's um important although it didn't work is they put their second goalkeeper on um Nea fofana who is the under 21 uh french goalkeeper and who signed for angers after a, a solid season in le havre last year and he was playing instead of bernardoni unfortunately that that didn't you know prevent marseille from um scoring but i think it's uh, it's a movement into the into the right direction for, for Angers. And hopefully um, they'll find a way soon to try and get some points uh, because on the table with that loss now, uh, Angers is still 15th. Um, you know, they, they just were off two, two straight wins. So um, so hopefully they can uh, get back onto those those winning horse um, soon. Uh, all, all positive for Marseille, of course, after nine games, 19 goals scored, five um, conceded, uh, the, the second best defence um, behind, sorry, equal with um, with Pierre Paris Saint-Germain, the only two teams who considered only five goals, uh, and and Igor Tudor still being um, successful so far in the south, at least in uh, in domestic competitions. The next game up was Strasbourg against Rennes, and uh, and a game that I was looking forward to for the weekend, and unfortunately a game that. Um, I guess it's a French saying, but it was kind of killed in the egg, tué uh, dans l'œuf, we say in, in French, um, by, by the fact that a red card was given just before the half hour to Jazmin Namsi for for an offence that probably deserved the red card. But I guess it's a, uh, I'm tired of seeing you know players trying to um, to clear the ball and then they're being clumsy, so so their leg ends up into the the opponent's leg and and ends up being a red card. I mean, it, it is. It is a deserved recal when you look at the replay, but it doesn't look like he's going for the player at all. He's just too clumsy to really control his gesture. Anyway, 3-1 was the score final for Rennes in Strasbourg. The goalscorer Arnaud Calimundo at the 38th minute, Martin Terrier at the 49th, and Amin Guiri at the 61st minute. Uh, Diallo reduced the score at the 72nd minute, but it was too little too late. He reduced the score from the spot kick. Uh, Rennes, who finished with 62% possession, 17 shots, seven of them on target. Nine shots for Strasbourg and three of them on target. Um, you know, mind you, even without Nyamzi, I don't know that Strasbourg would have been able to do much against this Ren squad, who is slowly but surely hitting their stride. I mean, against Marseille, I think they were um, nullified properly offensively. But right now we can sl- slowly seeing you know, all the cogs coming in together uh, that right side, Traoré, Borrejo starting to uh, really impact offensively. Guiri and, Qualim- and Calimundo actually get along well. Uh, Terrier is finally getting, you know, his sense of goals back together. And I think uh, Rennes is is slowly coming back to where they should go. I think, you know, if he wasn't for the injury of Santa Maria, they'd probably already be there. Uh, but Hugo Chuku in the middle is also um, nicely getting more and more confident. And of course, having a, a keeper like Mandanda and, and Rodon getting in form also helps. Uh, as far as Strasbourg's go, I mean, you know, we we, we need to start getting worried. Uh, Strasbourg, nine game in, has not um, has not won a single game yet. It's probably the the worst start of any defense for Julien Stéphane, in his short uh, career as a as a manager in in Ligue 1. Um, he's, Strasbourg is the only team who, who is yet to win a game. They're 19th on the table right now with five draws and four losses. They're not the most, uh, you know, they're, they're not the most terrible defense. They've considered 12 goals only, uh, which kind of like put them in, in I think, the top six or top seven as far as defenses go. But they've only scored seven goals and that really hits because they are the second worst, uh, or the third worst, sorry, offense in, in the league. And that's not something that we expected from a team like Strasbourg. Um, again, you know, something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago with uh, Um, with my my friend from Le Classic, Baptiste. for a second, I was going to call him Thibault, sorry, Baptiste from Le Classic, um, who who was saying that, you know, we feel like it's coming. We feel like once they're going to, um, you know, find their confidence and find the the first couple of goals in the same game, then they're going to be launched and not going to stop. But this needs to happen soon because it's a season where four teams are getting relegated uh, and Strasbourg doesn't want to be flirting with that relegation zone for too long if they don't want to spend the, the second half of the season just looking behind their shoulders instead of trying to look forward, which is what all of us expected Strasbourg would do this season. Um, interesting to see if, if Julien Stefan is going to be you know under threat at all or if they're just going to let it go uh, and, and and hope that he's just going to turn it around and that they don't need to even look at a um a new coach. But uh but yeah it's surprising to see Strasbourg in that um situation. Um again Reims it's uh, Rennes, excuse me, Rennes. Rennes, uh, it's great. It's uh, it's no, no defeat in the past five, six games, I think. Uh, and they're back where they belong. They're sixth on the table with 15 points, six points behind Lens, who's fourth. Uh, and, and they are coming back to where we expect them to be. It's going to be about them, um, you know, negotiating the, the game every three days well until the World Cup break. And then I think they're going to have a pretty special second half of the season. And, and I would uh, expect them to be up there fighting with uh, with Marseille, Monaco and and hopefully maybe Lens or Lyon uh, to try and get a, a spot for the Champions League next year. The third game of the weekend was, uh, I I want to call it the the Galchico. Is that that something? It doesn't sound very great, does it? Uh, It was Paris Saint-Germain against Nice, uh, the club that Christophe Galchet coaches, against the club that Christophe Galchet was coaching last week, and it finished with a 2-1 win for the reigning champions Paris Saint-Germain. Lionel Messi with his first free kick, uh, goal on the free kick in Paris. I think it was, it's the 60th in his career, but... The first with uh, with his new-ish team. He's been there for a year now. Um, Gaëtan Laborde equalized just after the break, like literally 90 seconds after the break. And Kylian Mbappé, who else? Kylian Mbappé, who was started on the bench, scored the winning goal at the 83rd minute with an assist coming from Nordi Mukiele. Paris finished the game with 58% possession. 12 shots, 4 on target. And for Nice, maximum efficacy, uh, efficiency, I should say, 4 shots, only 1 on target. And that was the goal by Gaetan Laborde. Uh, Look, it wasn't the best game that I've seen this season. Um, You know, I think Paris Saint-Germain probably could have found uh, room for more goals. I think Nice could have found room for a bit more intensity. Uh, I am quite disappointed with what Lucien Favre is offering in Nice, I expect definitely a little bit more from the Swiss coach because we've seen more from him in the past. Uh, you know, do, do they deserve the draw? I don't know. But both teams just weren't playing that well. And I think on the Nice side, I, I certainly want to blame, uh, you know, maybe the coach and maybe the way the team is set up to start with because it just um, seems like they are not finding their stride and they're not even trying to find their stride and to play good football um, on, the, on the Paris Saint-Germain side. Um, you know, I think it's just because they are finally getting into the the moment where they have to, um, you know, send the the new recruits on the field and get them to adapt. Uh, and that's never going to be easy. Kichike was starting for the first time. Uh, Fabian Ruiz was in the middle of the park next to Vicinia. Uh, and obviously he's not used to to be there yet. Renato Sanches, when he went out. Uh, Bernat was playing on the left. So there was a bit of rotation. Mukiele was in the starting lineup as well. There was a bit of rotation because of the European um, games, uh, but it was just, um, yeah, it was just a bit hard for them to to find their their flow. Neymar and Messi were in there and, you know, Messi and, and Neymar, we know what they can bring to the team. They were not at 100% of their um, ability, but yeah, I'm a bit disappointed of what I was saying from Nice, rather, because you have... Stefan Job on one side, Rose Barkley on the other, uh, Ramsey, Limina in the middle of the park. You know, the, the names would tell you that it should be a, a good um, looking football team. And it's just not exactly there. Rosario was in defense next to Dance, which I don't know if it's the right thing to do when we know what Rosario can bring in the middle of the park. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Laborde um, was all right, but I would rather have Laborde next to another uh, forward rather than by himself. Um, up front, anyway, and Paris Saint-Germain did win that one to one thanks to Mbappe at the end, uh, and it was yeah, I guess maybe at the end of the day it was probably deserved because they were the better team on the day. Uh, but we uh, yeah, uh, we we're, we're sort of back into the territory of we expect more from Paris Saint-Germain, and it's probably a little bit early in the season to be in this territory when you've just changed coach. Uh, so hopefully, it's just the, the new players finding their feet and they're all going to uh, to push forward and to try and get where they they're supposed to get. But the goal was a bit of a joke uh, that they considered, and, uh, and yeah, offensively we we expect a little bit more, um, if not much more, from Paris Saint-Germain. So they are still top of the table, they are still undefeated, uh, they are still you know almost at the maximum points they could do. They got twenty-five points out of twenty-seven possible. So we're not going to say that um, you know anything is is bad. Best attack, best defense, but uh, but we yeah I think when they're going to. To start playing the, the the big dogs, so to say, and, and it start, it comes very soon. Uh, you know they're playing Benfica, of course, twice in a row right now, and then uh, in the middle of that they're going to play Marseille, uh, and then just after the um, the last game of, of Champions League, uh, Juventus, they're playing Lorient, So you know Lorient now is is a bit of the scarecrow. So we'll see what they can do when they uh, when they travel to to Brittany just before the international break, the World Cup break, I should say. But, um, but yeah, it's we expect more from, from the club, from the capital. And uh, and we expect more from a club, from a coach like Christophe Galci as well. So uh, hopefully it comes soon. Lorient is the team that we're going to talk about now. Lorient, from strength to strength. Lorient, who was talking about, who was playing against Lille, excuse me, 2-1 win for Les Merlus. The goal scorer Bafodet Jacquitte with an on-goal, a bit of a comical on-goal uh, that, that gave Lorient the lead after nine minutes. Jonathan David, of course. Um, equalized at the 78th minute, and uh, Lorient was playing only with ten men by then because uh, Django Watara, Dango Watar, excuse me, had taken a, a red card or a second yellow card rather at the 62nd minute. But then, in the dying embers of the game, Theo Lebris, the nephew, I, th- I think we said that he was the son of the coach in the past um podcast, but I've just heard today that he was actually the nephew and not the son before. You should have. Check their sources. Uh, Anyway, Théo Lebris uh, at the 87 minutes gave the three points to Lorient uh, playing with 10 men, but getting the win against a team coached by Paolo Fonseca that I rate, really, I really rate Lille. Uh, But Lorient, uh, you know, you would say if Paris Saint-Germain was not in the competition, Lorient getting a win that looks like a champion's win, uh, but obviously um, I don't think they can come back to to the club of the capital but they're really showing uh, that they have resilience and that they have talent and that they're happy to be lethal up front and, and reckless as far as efficiency 20 shots for Lille during that game only four on target but 20 shots uh, and Lorient seven shots only and four on target and the position was all Lille as well 63% possession for Paolo Fonseca's men uh, but we've seen something I'm not going to say new but we've seen something that we haven't seen yet too much from, from Lorient when they play home is their ability to defend and to defend well. Um, you know, Gedeon, Kalulu on the right side, Laporte and Talbi to send the back and, and Le Goff, the experienced left back, really working hard. Enzo Le both offensively and defensively, just, you know, doing the difference. Uh, Ponceau, Diarra Watara Mofi up front is actually, uh, you know, a sort of side for sore eyes. That goal, that first goal was a bit comical. Come from a run from Stefan Diarra onto the right side and then the cross, is uh, deflected by Lucas Chevalier onto uh, Jackite before he goes in, which is a bit of a shame for the the former Toulouse uh, fullback, who's uh, who's I think a solid defender, a solid addition to the to the team in uh, in Lille. Uh, but yeah, Lille unable to get the win, um, and it's a shame because I think I think they deserve at least the the point uh, against Lorient. And I think Lille is one of those teams that when they start um, actually finding the back of the net a bit more often are going to be very dangerous. They have to sort out their defence a little bit. I think it's great that Lucas Chevalier starts again between the post instead of, of Jardim. It looks like they have definitely given up on the um, the goalkeeper. I can't remember if it's Brazilian or Portuguese. I was going to say Brazilian. Hopefully, I'm, I'm right. Um, but Lille was really, you know, when they give the ball to Cabela, to Unas, uh, to Jonathan David, it's creative. It goes fast. Um, I, I like the football that they are playing. Uh, Lorient is just a very strong team to start the season and I think Le Brice has them um, you know, just around his finger and working the right way and working for each other and it's a real team playing and you know defensively and offensively, it's a block, it's it's compact, uh it's uh it's it's teamwork uh oriented. Uh and so it's so it's good to see and it's also, you know, um it scores goals, nineteen goals in nine games. Uh, for Lorient and 22 points after night games of course their best uh, start of the season five I think it's five or six wins in a row right now for Les Merlu. so uh, a great start for uh, for Lorient and uh, you know hopefully for them they they keep it that way for a little bit longer uh, they, they go to Brest and then they receive Rennes and then they go to Troyes in the next three games so it looks like games that are um, I guess at, at their level and maybe that's when uh that's when they don't perform when they when they take it too easy, but uh, but it's three games that should see nine points and if that's what we see, uh well then Lorient could be there, um you know, chickling Paris Saint-Germain and, and Marseille at the top of the table and uh, and that's all we wish for the, the club of Brittany. Toulouse-Montpellier was the high scoring game of the week 4-2 and one red card given uh, 4-2 for Toulouse uh, The 2 for Toulouse that sounds nice uh, the goal scorer Spearings at the 18th minute Abouklal at the 24th Shaibi at the 31st and Brecht Dejaguer at the 48th minute for Toulouse Montpellier had opened the score, Nicola Koza at the seventh minute before conceding four times, and Elie Wahi at the 68th minute scored a second goal, but too little too late, despite the red card given to Desler at the 60th minute, Montpellier wasn't able to come back, and despite the amount of chance that they had, 23 shots for Montpellier, six of them on target, a, 50 per, a 57% possession for the club coached by um, Dalolio, but a defeat at the end, and, and Toulouse, uh, with 12 shots and six on target, who made the most of them? 66 percent on the of their shots on target ended up in the back of the net. Uh, so so good. Another another masterclass for Branco Van den Boomend. If you haven't jumped on the Van den Boomend train yet, uh, there's a few tickets left. Just get on board, enjoy the show. Uh, the the Dutch midfield there is really really precious uh, for Toulouse. Uh, obviously from you know from a, a lower um, position from a higher position he's always trying to find the last pass that second goal comes from him there might be a foul from Abu Klall on that second goal uh, but the ball through from from Van den Boomen the 40 meter long ball through is just uh, it's just pitch perfect and and he's showing that you know Ligue Liga is staying on his run it is here to be important for the uh, Toulouse football club and he is really making a difference uh, for Montpellier it's a uh, yeah, I guess they're alternating uh, hot and cold. They had gone from, uh, you know, not having some good results to losing three of the past four games. Uh, and so they're here on the, in the middle of the table at 10th position and, and they're considering a little bit too much despite being the second best attack in the league. They are just a point above to lose. And I think there are two teams that are probably going to spend the season in those positions between the 8th the and the 13th place but uh but yeah with, with, with Montpellier you know Cosa scores the first um why he scores scores the last Kazri Savanier, Nordain I like what I see but you know they're still uh, clearly they're still looking for some automatism and form some um combination and understanding in the midfield but when they're gonna when they're gonna find it it's going to be um dangerous a little bit of undiscipline in that team as well but hopefully they can uh, they can fix that uh soon anyway um with uh with omelin um, injured as well so yeah, we had a, we had a new keeper in um, in the Montpellier um, in the Montpellier goals excuse me uh, and when you say new keeper it's uh, it's Bingu kamara who uh, who was uh, until recently at Strasbourg and, and was on loan uh, at Charleroi uh, in, in, for the past six months uh, obviously Montpellier got him because of the injury of of Jonas Somelin uh, and he's a good um, he's a good substitute keeper to have even though He's just obviously um, conceded four times. We had Toulouse four, Montpellier two. That was a, yeah, that was a high-scoring game of the weekend. Auxerre Brest finished with one-one. I, I didn't, I didn't re-watch this game. I just caught the the highlight quickly. Uh, yeah, a red card for for Julian Janvier for a second yellow at the fifty-second minute uh, made it a bit harder for Auxerre and Islam Slimani. Uh, scored for, for Brest before uh, M. Bai scored his first goal for Osser equalized on penalty. Uh, yeah, that goal from Islam Simani looks like Benoit Costil could have done better for uh, for Osser, but he hasn't. Um, anyway, the, the game finished with uh, nine shots and two on targets for Brest, 11 shots, three on targets for Osser. And a 52% position for uh, Brest. Both teams were still very much at the uh, towards the bottom of the table. Brest uh, 18th with six points in nine games, and Osser uh, 14th with eight points in nine games. You know, from from Ajaccio, who's bottom of the table and four points, to Nice, who's 13th, There's only four points because Nice only has eight points. So those uh, those last eight positions, seven positions are eight positions, sorry, are, are pretty tight. Uh, and yeah, Auxerre and Brest are uh, are nicely anchored down there. Troyes and Reims were playing... For the, the Champagne jewel, uh, who, who has the best bubbles was uh, the the story of this game. And it's funny because there was a sign uh, on the middle of the um, stadium that, from Troyes saying that they are the best team in Champagne. It was probably a bit of a dig at Reims. The game finished 2-2 with uh, Folarin Balogun scoring first at the 12th minute. Uh, the equalizer came from Wilson Odobert from Troyes. Junia Ito scored at the 54th. And then got a red card a minute and a half later. And Jackson Borozo is the first Ecuadorian player to score 4-3 at the 90th minute. Grabbing a point, I should say, uh, extorting a point from Reims at the very last second. But if you look at the statistics, 68% position 4-3. 19 shots, 6 on target. And for Reims, uh, 5 shots, only 2 on target. 3 was dominating and 3 probably deserved that point if it wasn't going to be more than this uh you know in Reims there's been some woes defensively uh with uh with Pence probably not um performing as well as expected Patrick Pence Jevan uh, Duf was was the goalkeeper he's the young goalkeeper he's only 22 years old uh but he he's young in the way he plays he had some saves to make and he made them um but he's definitely working on it for trois, I think things are are doing okay. They will get results soon. Uh, Tarje, Kwame, that midfield works well. Uh, Agume, the experienced midfielder, came back to play a little bit and, and Ripar Balde up front is offering some good solution. I'm a bit um, surprised not to see Ugbo um, starting a bit more, but I guess he's probably not uh, offering the um, I guess the guarantee that we expect from him. Uh, Wilson odobert the, the young prospect, again, uh, putting his name on the score sheet. It's a good start of the season for uh, the teenager, he's still a teenager, uh, who, play, who plays for Troyes. Uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys have, have seen it, but uh, Troyes' shirt, instead of being the usual shade of dark blue, was a light blue that looks very much like Manchester City and New York City and Melbourne City's shirt. So it looks like uh, Troyes is nicely, but surely entering that City Football Club era and start by the, the color of the shirt. I didn't realize that that shirt was uh, in such a light blue and not the usual uh, darker um, shade of blue that we see from Troyes. Anyway, it was, it was an entertaining game between two teams that I really rate as far as playing football. Uh, then, of course, it doesn't I guess it doesn't mean anything if you don't win games, because at the end of the day, you're still at the mercy of the table. Troyes is 11th right now with 11 points, and Reims, uh, four points behind, is 17th. So it's both teams that needed to take some points, and that Trois is probably, that um, that draw, excuse me, is probably not good for uh for either, uh, but you'll see that in the next few games um, they'll be they'll be happy if they do get a draw. Ajaccio and Clermont were dueling, battling it out in Corsica, and Ajaccio thought they were going to get another point to try and get away from that twentieth place, but they didn't. Gregorion uh, K, the um, striker who just arrived in Clermont from. Swiss uh, has scored first at the 11th minute. Cédric Avinel equalized from Ajaccio. And then in the last two minutes, Rashani and Dossou scored for Clermont 89th and 91st minute. Uh, Ajaccio probably thought they were going to get one point. And ended up getting zero. Ajaccio fought well, we know that they're a good defensive unit when they play home. Uh, but 12 shots, three on target, 52% possession. Uh, and Clermont, seven shots, three on targets, All three finishing into the back of the net. Uh, obviously a, a sad story for uh, for Ajaxio. Uh, and Ajaxio, who, last time they were in Ligue 1, were also having a really hard time and hopefully they can get out of that last um, position. They, they only won their first game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they need to try and, and get a bit of a serie going on if they don't want to go straight back to Ligue 2. Uh, but it wasn't to be this weekend. And, and Clermont, uh, with the win, are uh, ninth with with 13 points. The last game that we're talking about is uh, is a game where finally it looks like Monaco has taken off the third win in a row for Monaco and the fourth win in a row, sorry, for Monaco and a hat trick for Wissam Yedder. It's usually at that time that Yedder starts to wake up, end of September, early October. Uh, well, he, he's done it well. Three goals and one sort of one assist on that first goal. Bril Mbolo scored at a second minute, a shot from Yedder saved by Alban Lafont and Embolo was here to follow. And then Embolo gave the ball back to Benedict for him to score his first goal at the sixth minute. 28th minute was his brace and 62nd minute is scored a penalty to record his first hat trick of the season. The goal from Nantes was scored at the 79th minute by Caio Enrique. It was an on goal uh, by the uh, Monaco left back. Um, Monaco didn't need to really dominate the game because they were up to zero after six minutes, right? So the possession was for Nantes 52%, just, just barely. Uh, 10 shots for Monaco, 6 on target, 7 shots for Nantes, 2 on target. And we are really seeing uh, a little bit more of what we expect from uh, Paul Mitchell, from Paul Mitchell, excuse me, from Philippe Clément. Paul Mitchell is just a sporting director. From Philippe Clément, uh, at the head of Monaco, the football is, I guess, a little bit more offensive. It's a little bit more direct, maybe, I should say. Uh, Fofana, Camara are really playing well in the middle of the park. Golovin on the left and Jata on the right. Uh, We're happily going forward. And, of course, uh, Ben Yedder scoring three times uh, will help when Ben Yedder hits that form and hits that understanding of um, his positioning and starts you know, zoning in on where the goal is, is almost unstoppable. Uh, last year, he started slowly and he scored 25 at the end. Uh, he's definitely looking like he's trying to uh, to get at least as much. I, you know, I keep talking about how import, impressive Monaco is up front. When you have Mbolo and Golovin coming out, you got Kevin Volland and Takumi Minamono, Minamino excuse me, coming in and they haven't even uh, asked for Magnus Aklius or Myron Badu to come on the, on the middle of the park. So it's it's interesting for Monaco that they have so many outlets uh, up front. Hopefully they solve their defensive issue. And then we have ourselves a title contender or at least a, a Champions League um, spot contender. Uh, Monaco, who's fifth right now on the table with 17 points uh, and, and who's happy to beat Nantes. Nantes, I'm a bit worried about, um, you know, after nine games, it's seven points. Of course, it's a bit hard to play uh, you know, every three game, every three days, excuse me. Uh, but in the last five games, they only took two points, uh, and and it looks like um, it's a bit harder this season for Comboire and his players. Uh, it's not that the teams change much, except that you know Colomwani of course, has gone, but the defense is the same. The midfielder is very much the same as well, with the uh, addition of Musa Sissoko, which is an experienced player to bring into the fold. Uh, but it's uh, it's just not quite gelling yet. I don't know if it's the fatigue of playing every three days or or just that the goals just aren't getting in. Uh, but I think Comboire will have to uh, find a solution very soon if he doesn't want to. Same thing, you know, have the burden of trying to fight to get away from the relegation zone for most uh, of the season. Uh, but yeah, Monaco, uh, Monaco winning and Monaco really uh, sort of sending a warning to the rest of the league that um, they're going to hit their stride a bit earlier than usual this season. So that's the, the 10 games of the weekend. And if you look at the table, Paris Saint-Germain is at the head, as I was saying, 25 points. Followed by Marseille, 23, Lorient, 22, and Lens, 21. An interesting uh, quatuor at the top of the table. At the bottom, Ajaccio 4 points. Strasbourg, 5 points. Brest, 6 points. And Nantes and Reims, 7 points. Close it up, of course, if we look at the stats, uh, it's Paris up front for goal scoring, Mbappé and Neymar with eight goals each, and in assists is Messi and Neymar with seven assists each, they are having a great start of the season, those three, uh, Branco van den Boomen and Caio Enrique, are following with four assists each, uh, and so are Mawassa, Klose, and Watara, so uh, and Cabela as well, excuse me. So everybody uh, everybody with 4-6 with uh, in, in Ligue 1 this season. Uh, of course, there's a few games midweek in Europe, but in Ligue 1 next week, uh, and same thing, there's a, a couple of games that I think we will want to pay attention to. Lyon is playing against Toulouse, Marseille-Ajaccio, Reims-Paris-Saint-Germain, Monaco, who's traveling to Montpellier, it's going to be an interesting game, nice 3, Brest-Lorient, Angers-Strasbourg, clermont Auxerre. And then a couple of derbies to finish. Rennes against Nantes and Lille against Lens are going to be probably the the two games that you don't want to miss. Uh, Lille against Lens in Australia will be 5.45 a.m. So I'll definitely be there to watch it. And you'll have another episode of Casser les Lignes Right after that, uh thank you again for listening. Thanks for uh, enjoying both part 1 and part 2 of Caselining. Feel free to comment, subscribe to the podcast, let us know what you think, interact, ask any questions if you have some. And if not, I will see you next week for another Caselining. Thank you. Ciao ciao.